2: Hey Kiss Army, this is Tony from Restrained, and you're listening to Shout It Out Loudcast with Tom and Zeus. I'm not sure why,
0: but you are.
3: Yellow, hey, what's up there, Kiss Army? Tom and Zeus with another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast. Episode 69. Calling this one Detroit Rock City. And, uh, Tommy, how are you? And, uh, how's your little friend over there?
0: Say hello to my little friend!
1: What better way to celebrate episode 69 than with my college roommate, Murph! Welcome!
0: Oh. I'm on top.
3: <laughs> I'm just picturing that now. That is fucking disgusting. <laughs> hey, guys, does anybody have a copy? That's you. Ew! Ew! <laughs> oh, uh, no, we're
1: here to uh, celebrate uh, a very spectacular uh,
3: film, shall we say? Or no, we'll figure out if it's spectacular or not. Right. Let's see if Tommy is talking to me after this uh, review. Okay. We'll see how this one goes. All right. And I don't know where Murph stands on this either. Um, but- we this was a great save it. We oh. didn't say shit to each other. About this was what
1: we think. This was the definition of a save it episode because yep. everybody had things to say, and it was the hashtag save it for sure with this one. But uh, it'll be fun, absolutely. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll let everybody know. Uh, How Murph fits into this puzzle here uh, in terms of joining us this evening
3: Absolutely Um, So, gentlemen, how's everyone doing? I assume everybody's surviving Just, uh, you know, gaining hair in the wrong place Or uh, losing hair in a good place
1: Well, yeah, it looks like the two of you are trying to compete with me now I mean, I, I I shave my head nice and clean. You guys are still holding on. You guys, the two of you look like those things that you would buy in the '70s with the magnet, and you would put the hair on the bald guy's head. You know, like the little <laughs> oh, that yeah, little yeah, yeah. that little that little toy with but the magnetic. The yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, no, uh, hanging in there. You know, everybody uh, who's listening right now is obviously dealing with the same stuff. You know, uh, living uh, living in sin at our own personal Holiday Inn. Murph.
0: Well, you know, and and if I could say, given the fact that the last few weeks I've been verbally abused by Zeus, very, very hurt. And I'm now Bobby Brady, the safety monitor breaking a rule. People can't just go around breaking rules. I've taken that responsibility and I have issued civil citations to people on my street that are not practicing social distancing. I love that.
1: That that is that is wonderful that Murph remembered the Bobby Brady hall monitor moniker <laughs> That Zeus gave him last week
3: Well a rule is a rule <laughs> Um You know <laughs> Why you got that nickname
0: I you know. fucking ratted me out Tom <laughs> So I see something out there going Okay one of you is on the left side For views One is on the right And then I see shouted out loud cast Basically going <clears throat> One side I get nervous I go to the other person saying Hey, are you aware of this? Trying to put the situation down And then I get the What the fuck?
3: You <laughs> okay, know any fucking IG Of of, of uh, social media For Shout It Out Loud cast Who cares?
1: Because go what ahead. Murph is trying to do is Murph is drawing up Articles of impeachment
3: right now So <laughs> Murphy's going to try to impeach me. But what I do know is uh, brown-nosing to your roommate is not acceptable on this (laughs) podcast. And you could simply have said, hey, Zeus, did you like something from the Shout It Out Loudcast site instead of your own site, uh, uh, Twitter account? And just I'm like, oh, yeah, I do that from time to time. Tommy, who is on the right, doesn't get upset. He reminds me, goes, oh, you like this. And he laughs about it. You wanted to get him upset
0: and no, no, out. no. If it, if I if wanted it, to, I wanted to get rid of the situation before it escalated. But he didn't know
3: there was a situation. But I didn't. But when
1: I did find out about it, I didn't care. I honestly didn't care. You, you got way more upset than I did
3: because I, I laughed.
1: Yeah, I thought it was got upset
3: about the. A rule is a rule.
0: Yeah, that yeah, that was good. Yeah. Well, as we will find out later in this episode, I am definitely like one of the characters in the movie we're about to review. Oh, Jesus.
3: Um, I, I don't even know what that means, but that's okay. Uh moving along, Bobby. Uh any kiss news? Yeah, there's a couple things this week.
1: Um, nothing huge, but um Gene Simmons with his big fucking stupid mouth is in the news again. You know, another multi-million dollar celebrity telling everybody what they should be doing. So Zeus comes out uh, Zeus. Gene comes out and says on Good Morning LA uh, in a recent interview, um, we are going to go back once it's safe, once there's a cure. We would never put our fans in danger or ourselves, obviously talking about the virus. Well, I hope he was talking a little hyperbolic because there is no cure for a virus, Gene. So I I hope you don't know what you're talking about, but I understand what you're saying. Um, He says the financial losses from social distancing measure. In Pale in comparison to the alternative Which is an even more tragic human death toll I'm not going to get into a big rant About what people's theories are on this But I can tell you this right now And this goes for Gene Simmons as well I do not need another multi-million dollar celebrity Telling me that The financial losses are not a big deal Because there are people out there who haven't worked in six weeks And who can't pay their fucking mortgage So with all due respect to Gene Simmons And what's going on in the world with this thing I I do not need him Telling us what we should be doing But putting all that aside I think this means we are not going to be seeing them Labor Day weekend at Great Woods Anyone? Bueller? 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 Anyone? Anyone want to jump in here? Uh,
3: uh, See this is where me and you differ I don't have a problem with him saying whatever he wants to say There's no reason why if a celebrity Can't say anything that I shouldn't be able to say anything If I have the right to say my opinion Great If he has the right to say his opinion, great He's sharing on a platform. People sh- just shouldn't listen just because he's a celebrity saying that's all. But if he wants to say it and you want to use that platform, go ahead. You want to listen to him and follow the rules because a celebrity says one thing on the right or a celebrity says things on the left, it doesn't make a difference. It's up to you. I don't have a big problem with it. Um, you don't like him for saying that? Okay. I don't I have can. a problem with you not liking him. It, 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 that. It's, it's you not know just, what I mean? I, uh, yeah. To me, no, it's no. just more freedom to say what you want. I I just I'm indifferent to it. That's all. Yeah, I'm not denying his. Right. Of
1: course, he has. Everybody has the right to say. But I think what's just frustrating me is just hearing any celebrity talk about how, you know, oh the financial losses are not. You know, you know it's easy. What my point is, it's easy for him or any multimillionaire to say stay locked in your house when their houses are ten thousand square feet and they do not have to worry for a second about money. That's my point. But anyways, Murph, you you're gonna say something.
0: I think anyone that's gonna pay attention is someone that wrote "burn bitch burn," <laughs> lighting up. That's all. I like that. That's a good one.
3: That's a good one. Yeah, I just it is what it is. I mean, the, you know, people aren't gonna say that, and, and you know, Gene is never not gonna say something. So no, I know that's how he is. Right. Um, the other thing I saw was um, Paul putting something about Make a Wish in a well. I am the star child. Okay. Um, he talked about Make-A-Wish Foundation. I, uh, You know, that's obviously big, but I, I didn't really realize Kiss was involved in Make-A-Wish. I've never heard it. Maybe they are. and yeah, Maybe somebody will correct me, but, it, you know, that'd be great because I'm sure there are a lot of little kids that would love to do stuff with uh, Kiss, you know, and yep. makeup and concerts and stuff. So I hope they are involved because Make-A-Wish Foundation is pretty cool um what else is going on uh
1: well no just to add to that i mean <clears throat> that you know the the video that paul put out i mean for all the stuff we say about paul we say plenty i mean the guy has a good heart he his heart's always in the right place i mean he, he's very passionate about things so anything you know the make-a-wish stuff is terrific for anybody to do it but to see paul maybe getting involved that that was a that was a cool story um so we got some ace freely news this week <laughs> So he was doing uh, he was talking to uh, Shocker Stuart his buddy who by the way in case our listeners are unaware Eddie Trunk signed Ace Frehley to what Zeus um to Megaforce Records in exactly. case you didn't know yeah, wow. it's true. Murph, it's true. Can you believe it? It's breaking news. He signed Megaforce. It's breaking news. And I said this before. People don't may not know this, but just a quick thing on Ace and I, our history. The first time Ace became a solo artist, I got him his record deal. I signed him to his record deal. Megaforce Records, 87, right? So he said, uh, so Ace says, quote, I texted Paul and Gene last week and wish them well and Peter. And I got a text from uh, Doc McGee. Everybody's OK. Thank God. Eric Singer has been sending me some silly, silly, silly texts. Me and Eric always got along really well. Everything's cool. What's going to happen is going to happen, but everything is delayed. And then, of course, Ace has to go out a blaze of glory. He says, quote, I'm doing my own thing. Unless they come forward and the price is right, you're not going to see me anywhere close by. <laughs> yeah. So not that that's real breaking news, but, you know, that that's just Ace giving his two cents on uh, on Kiss and what's going on with them.
3: I also saw he was talking about some article that he was saying he's going to during this quarantine time, he's going to do an album work on an album. Yeah. I think it's origins volume. No, no, no. Original material origins, but origins album, I think is completed just not released, but he was talking about doing some new original material during this quarantine time. Like a lot of artists are. Okay, cool. Um,
1: and then, and then one last little thing, um, uh, talking about Bruce Kulick. um, So Bruce did an interview and uh, he was talking to somebody and they were kind of asking some questions about the drama with him and his brother, Bob.
3: I'm a Grammy award-winning producer.
1: Um, And ever since that happened, I don't think anybody's really heard anything from Bruce about it. So Bruce uh, spoke up because some questions were asked. Um, Bruce just said, you know, unfortunately, my relationship is not healthy with him. It's better just to say that there's nothing more to say about it. It's unfortunate that it went this way. I took the high road. That's why I'm not going to really discuss any details about it. Um, I would imagine anybody who sees this as an outside person would say, well, what is the other side? Um, you know, just Bruce being a stand-up guy, kind, kind of not wanting to get into the drama. You know, I don't think he wanted to be rude and kind of not answer the question. Um, you know, he says, I think most people know I'm not a bad guy, but in business there's perceptions and disputes. I just want to leave it at that. And I don't want to talk about it. Um, I regret that it's even gone this way, but you know, that was his choice, not mine. So you can kind of interpret that last sentence the way you want, but that's Bruce, just kind of dealing um, with that unfortunate situation with his brother. So, a little bit of a little bit of news for the first time in a couple of weeks. Not big news, but at least something to talk about in Kiss World. That is his brother, Bob. Yeah, I worked with Motorhead. Sorry if I didn't specify that correct.
3: Yep. Um, we uh, had a fun episode last time. We did a draft. What I found um, interesting was I don't think we got anything that made me want to pull more of my hair out. What I mean by that is that I don't think we had people that came back to us and said, well, why did you draft friggin' uh, you know, all six of the first albums. That's what I would have done. Like, but what we did get is, and I'll save it for the reviews at the end. We got people that were like picking like crazy albums as their miscellaneous that I'm like, are you shitting me? Um, and we didn't get too much grief for not taking alive. I'm surprised,
1: yeah. I was surprised too. And we did that, the poll was about kind of what album would you consider more valuable for a quarantine alive or destroyer alive smoked it. Which I'm not surprised, but I was surprised. I, I, well, I guess I was a little surprised that the vote was so lopsided. I think it was like 75 25 or 70 30. I get it alive, but when if you get alive, you're not hearing one song from the destroyer album, so that you're giving up a lot for that. I get it. But yeah, I mean, you know, it just shows you that a lot of people have uh varying opinions. Some of those, like you said, those wildcard picks were off the charts and all over the place and we were surprised by them. But uh no, that was a good episode. Any draft is a good episode.
3: Absolutely. Murph, any thoughts?
0: Yeah, I I enjoyed it. It was uh very quick compared to some, to some of your recent items, but Reading the, the how you were drafting, I'm um, trying to follow it and thinking, "Geez, you, you know, you, you got all these conditions, and it had to be produced in, on a Thursday and, and released <laughs> to the public." I was like, "Just pick, pick."
1: Nope, nope. We have to make it difficult. That's the point. Yep, yep. Whole point. Yeah, uh,
3: I didn't think it was going to be too hard. Most Kiss fans were able to understand. Murphy, the first person didn't understand. There you go, Stonehill Education. Congratulations.
0: Yeah, I, think I got Mer- the uh, come on, he's a smart guy. I got the Lloyd Christmas haircut going on and everything.
3: <laughs> Join the club. Um we also want to bring up one other thing. So, um our buddy uh we did a couple episodes back, Joey Casada And uh, we gave away a couple of his books. One was the audio and one was the hardcover book. Uh, The first winner was Darren Hunt. And Darren wanted the book, the hardcover. And Steve Warsap was the uh, winner of the Audible version. Steve, with his 250,000 notifications on my individual Twitter page with his 500 million good mornings that he uh tags everybody in so <laughs> god bless you boys congratulations and uh thank you guys for playing along and for those who don't know um please go uh, listen to the episode we had with joey Casada. fantastic book um and you should pick what pick it up and i guarantee you'll enjoy it and let us know if you do tom thoughts no, it was great. I mean, you know, those guys are, are big fans of the
1: show, so I'm happy that they won, and I'm happy that they participated in the contest. Um, and grateful for Joey to to give away the, his books to the listeners. Um, <clears throat> you know, that was a great episode. Joey's a good guy, so supporting his, him and his book are uh, always a, a cool thing to do. So, Murph, we know you like to read, so I would jump in on Joey's book. It's awesome. Whether or not you're a fan of his music or whatever he's involved, it's just a great story. Uh, highly right. recommended for a lot of people, so it's a good one.
3: Nope. Yeah and then um, You know I think you're still getting notifications From Steve's good mornings right now On your Twitter feed as well
1: No because I use the mute this conversation <laughs> Function on Twitter <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding Steve I love you buddy
3: <laughs> Oh man poor Steve no, um, Steve we love fans Like that come on Yeah is that The, the, the horny Steve or is that a different Steve? No, that's Dirty Steve That is dirty, dirty Horny Steve? Steve.
1: That's, that's Dirty Steve
3: Alright, and so when you're feeling a little dirty And because this is episode 69 Any thoughts? Oh, of course I mean, wh- wh- what what better
1: way to sponsor episode 69 Than with AdamandEve.com, right? Because free stuff is awesome But free stuff to spice up your bedroom Is even better Select almost any one item for 50% off. Then Adam and Eve loads on the free stuff. Use. uh Oh, Murph's breathing heavy. Use promo code loudcast at checkout and get 10 tantalizing free gifts. A sexy item for him. Special gift for her. And a third item you'll both enjoy. And six free spicy movies, not spice girl movies, Zeus. Damn it, plus free shipping. Remember that's promo code loudcast. AdamandEve.com and I say this every week, you're all locked in your house. Use the use the promo code. Enjoy.
3: Loudcast. Yep. Murph, any thoughts on that?
0: Sign me up. <laughs>
3: <laughs> For the well, spice nothing- girls or the or the or the porn videos? Which one?
1: Yeah, Murph. Yep. Spice Spice Girls or Pussycat Dolls? Settle the debate. Uh, Spice
0: Girls, Jerry.
3: What? Oh, yeah. Ba- Is that baby? Murph! Come yes. through! No. we just want you. That's the redhead, right? Yes. The okay. ginger. That's Ginger. Ginger. Yeah, okay, okay. Jerry that's Hall. the redhead. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Yeah, she's the one that left, I think, in the beginning, right? The crazy I one? Don't, I don't know enough about them. Oh, you I don't, don't know, have to know. Just <laughs> look at them. Oh. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, pussycat dolls. All fifty of them look like fucking they. They fell off the New York subway. Settle okay. down, Pooney. Pr- that's promo code <laughs> Poony to you. That's Never Sunny, Pony. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what was that comment? He, he gave him the nickname and st- like it's ne- Never Sunny.
3: Something about his list. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, this episode is called Detroit Rock City for a reason. And, um, Tom, you want to tell us why? So, yeah. So Detroit Rock
1: City, the 1999 film, um, directed by Adam Rifkin, produced by Barry Levine and Gene Simmons, written by Kyle Dupree, uh, starring Edward Furlong, Giuseppe Andrews, Sam Huntington, Barry Levine and Gene Simmons. From Kiss. Oh, oh, jeez. thanks, Murph. God, I'm, so, I'm a little slow. I'm doing my reading, so I'm not in character. But you're right. It was produced by Barry Levine and Gene Simmons <laughs> from Kiss. <laughs> um, yeah, so the movie came out August 13, 1999. Um, we're going to get into it, but there's a reason that Murph is here. So kind of like an album review, let, let's give our little brief introductory thoughts on our memories of the movie. Uh, first, first. First thoughts on it, out, you know, out of the gate, and then we'll kind of get into the plot and talk about some little factoids, et cetera. So, Murph.
0: So, this was after we had gone seeing Kiss a couple of times. Uh, this was during the whole tour reunion. It was getting promoted. Um, you got me into Kiss, you and Zeus during the the college years, so I was interested in it. Uh, I think, as in any movie, especially back in the in the in the nineties, any of the trailers make it look interesting um and then we went and i think there maybe was 8 to 12 people in the theater so i think we kind of had an idea of what was <laughs> ahead of us uh and i'm really interested in doing this review because i had very few memories from that experience and i think it was uh originally i thought it was because i just didn't like it at all but I think it may have been a result of that. I had just had my first child and was probably sleep deprived and just maybe I dozed off during the meet uh, during the movie. So um really looking forward to going over this.
1: Yeah. So we like you said, we saw it in the theater in ninety nine. Um, I think you're being kind with the amount of people that you think were in the theater, because I think it was like me, you and like three people. If that I, I mean, I, we, the, the the place was empty. Now, granted, it was the middle of the summer. Um you know, kiss movie in the middle of the summer, you're really not aiming high for, uh, you know, box office. And, 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 and speaking of box office, uh, this was a, what you would consider a bomb of epic proportions. It it had a $17 million budget box office was 5.8. Oof. Okay. The movies, you know, 90 minutes. Um, you know, I'm not going to give my reviews and stuff now, but just kind of first impressions was, you know it's a kiss movie It's a coming of age movie It's a teen comedy movie We're going to break it down and give our thoughts But Zeus jump
3: in here buddy No I just I, I don't remember seeing that At the movie theater
0: <laughs> okay. I think
3: I just got it uh, Like saw it when it came out On at home You know like was Were we into uh, DVDs by then this was uh,
1: VHSs DVD, D- DVDs were just kind of coming around. I think it was there was a little bit of in between with
3: VHS DVD.
0: Yeah, I think was this Adam and
3: Blockbuster.
0: Adam and Eve, kind Adam of and Eve was still doing VHS back then. So. Yeah. Nice, <laughs> Yes.
3: So it was a little Blockbuster thing then. I probably would have got. Yeah, uh, I remember seeing the previews.
0: It's a girl walking along the side of the highway. We should pull over and help her out. I mean, they, they make scary movies and start
3: out like that. Hey, but. But they make porno movies that start out like that, too, man. Um, I remember thinking this is Kiss's version of Dazed and Confused. Um, Bingo. I, and that was my first impression. I saw some of the, the skits um, that they had in the previews. And I'm like, oh, OK, I'll see this. I'll probably like it. And I, I recognize the kid from uh, The Terminator 2. So it wasn't like a bunch of nobodies I remembered who Edward Furlong is So um, That's where I I came in Honestly I I didn't have Sentimental feelings I didn't have like oh this memory Of it I didn't go see it with my buddy Or my roommate I just Probably saw it at home
0: And what's interesting to keep in mind is that This came out 20 plus years ago Mm -hmm. And A month earlier It was American Pie so when you see the coming of age teen comedy, that's where everybody was going that summer. Yep.
1: Um, yeah. yeah, and I have some and I have some thoughts on that and the genre in general, maybe kind of at the end of, yeah. of when we when we break down the movie. But uh, yeah, I was gonna I was gonna pick up on, on and what Zeus said too about Daisy Confused as well.
0: Yeah, and and when you go back to the nostalgic piece, Daisy Confused did not do well in the box office either.
1: No, it didn't. But that became a a cult classic. Of, of epic proportions i mean yep. that movie is
3: beloved so yep. this did not yeah
2: <laughs> hello pantheon podcast listeners christian swain here to tell you more about my experience with raycon earbuds our family now has three pairs of raycon earbuds around the house and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price and yes she loves them And we'll
1: get into that, but let, let's, let's, let's kind of get into the plot of what we're doing here. So for me, one of, whether or not you like this movie, whether or not you like Kiss, one of the great intro scenes in, in, in a, in a comedy-type movie, and it has a special place for me. Special what? Because of the album and the song that's involved. So, so, so the movie starts off, it's like one of those like cold openings. You know, the mom comes downstairs, she's drinking her wine, she's got her book. Goes downstairs, puts a record on, sits down, and all of a sudden, boom! The intro to I Stole Your Love kicks in, and she just fucking flips out. And of course, you know, it's, it's absurd comedy taken over. You know, she pulls it out, and you find out that her son is hiding his Love Gun records in her carpenter's records sleeve.
0: Um, Murph. What I thought you were going to reference is, at first, when she's going through the records to choose from, she oh, goes yeah. through... The Barry Manilow trying to get the feeling album, which you and I had in our dorm room because we took it from our parents' house, both of us. <laughs> like, you have this too?
1: I'm pretty sure we had that exact setup in my living yep. room, the, that, that st- similar stereo. But w- just what a great se- – and, and again, I'll talk about this a little bit later, but, but as a Kiss fan, this intro is just – it's perfect because it takes place in 1978, so – it's at the peak of, of kissdom, you know, right now. And and it's at and it's the it's the peak of you know the knights and Satan service and the devil music and shit. And and you find out that uh the character's mom is is a you know, rabid Christian and kisses the devil's music. The devil. And and he you know, that's why he had to hide his records. So that's how it starts off. Zeus, you what are your thoughts of that?
0: You know who, who she was, right? Lynn Shay. Lynn Shay. Oh yeah, yeah. From yeah. something about Mary. Yeah,
3: joking. she's in all the yeah, she's in all the Farley brothers yeah. movies. Yeah. She was
0: great. Yep. Um yeah, so you
3: guys are going to pick up where I think of this movie. Um uh, probably the the best scene in the movie and it all goes downhill from there. Um, wow. yeah, it was funny. Um it, you know, and uh, but you know, part of you is always watching these things and be like that's not realistic. Just fucking pick up the record. You, know, you turn the knob the knob doesn't work falls And it falls off. off and now like everything's Shaking right. but it is a kick Ass like you know it's I stole your love So it's not like they Threw in Detroit Rock City love gun The the usual suspects That you would expect somebody That's um, trying to put A like a, an image of what They think kisses like those songs They put I stole your love and that's great And you're right it is 78 Kiss at its height Pre dynasty, um, doesn't get any bigger than that. So, uh, I did like the scene, I thought it was hilarious. Um, so, uh, and it yeah, kinda, it, they yeah, started it, off strong,
1: yeah. And then that kind of plants the seed for what you're dealing with. You're dealing with a kid who loves kiss and you're dealing with a mom who thinks that it's Satan's music. So the kind of, we kind of move, we kind of then move on to getting, getting to know the main characters, the, the four the four friends in a kiss cover band called mystery. None of them can sing. They can barely play their instruments, but they have having the time of their lives. They're young kids in high school. Um, it, you know, their little den where they have their setup and their music and their band is just nostalgia overload with the kiss posters and all the kinds of crazy shit. Um, you know, it's it's a fun scene. You know, the mom kind of breaks and it interrupts their tryout, you know, their rehearsal, and just kind of flips out on them because she found the record. Um, you know, and then it takes off takes off from there. So that kind of you know what you're in for right here. Okay, that's kind of the the setting the stage for these kids are huge Kiss fans. The mom hates the music. Then you break into what I think is not really part of the movie in terms of plot wise. That intro credits montage is just nostalgia overload for people our age. It They took everything you could ever imagine that was going on in the 70s and threw it in there. And it was just spectacular, Murph.
0: Can I make a comment to that? So Absolutely. What that, That's what you're I mean, here for. So this is what it reminded me of. And I don't know if everyone, anyone else is going to get the reference. This came out in 99. And the yeah. movie was set. In seventy eight, in seventy eight, the movie Grease came out, and yep. in the opening credits, they played all these clips from the fifties. And yep. I didn't know if that was Gene trying to make the reference of the musical, the soundtrack that going to something from twenty years earlier is nostalgic. Immediately watching that with the opening credits, which was awesome. I was just like, "This is Grease."
1: Yeah, no, it's a that's a good connection. You're right, and and we know we know Gene has that nostalgia value too, looking at trying to connect things to zeus
3: um yeah I, I of course the 70s stuff is iconic and stuff but when really you know knowing what i know because i've seen the movie and i just rehashed the movie and knowing what i know about kiss there comes the curmudgeon in me that comes is like jesus christ gene this is just someone seeing this is not a kiss fan is like oh here is Gene Hawk and Kiss shit left and right. Is this a Kiss movie all about Kiss? Um, I liked it. I liked it, but I thought it could be off-putting to others that are not Kiss fans to see that movie. The
1: other we're thing, gonna get into that. We'll, we'll we'll definitely get into what you just
3: said. The marketing and the over and the over thing like product yeah. placement, which is Kiss exactly, um, and then. The other part to this is, and this is one of my things, I never believed that any of these kids seemed like they liked Kiss. Those actors look like they didn't know what Kiss was and are trying to act like they like Kiss and are told what Kiss is and how a Kiss fan should act, but they didn't seem like it was genuine. It really? Just, it didn't, yeah. Wow. Uh, I, I just didn't feel like those guys were Kiss fans or act like Kiss fans. Kiss fans, it... You know, it just—I don't know. I—I I, I didn't take it as. See, like, I didn't, I didn't it, look, it, look. It looked like someone's image of what a Kiss fan would have been. Yeah, I—I I didn't
1: come at it like that because we were. I mean, we weren't teenagers in '78, so I just. I mean. Yeah,
0: I
3: can see that. Yeah. But I, 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 I yeah, I guess I. I mean, I, I guess. That's I, just me. That's yeah. just me, and maybe it's because yeah. I know. Like, well,
0: you would be wrong. You know.
3: No, I
1: can't, I can't, I mean, I I see what you're saying. So then, so then we get into the main plot of the movie, which is these kids have four tickets to see kiss at Cobo hall, uh, in 1978, they got the tickets and the mother is going to, so they're fighting against the mom. Um, so then it, it takes the kids to school, you know, the next thing, the next the kids are at school, they're all pumped up for their show. And then, and then you get into like the zany, Teen comedy silliness, silly, silly, that you would expect from a dazed and confused, or an American Pie, or like a super bad, or you know, with, with a comedy is it's there and it's 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 amped up, it's exaggerated comedy. You know, uh, the, the you know the kid's mom gets on the school loudspeaker. You know, brings them into the principal's office. She finds out that they have tickets to see Kiss. She burns them in front of them. All the friends see it, and there you go. How are they going to get to the show now? she's destroyed the Kiss tickets, right? And, and there's there's a cool scene in this whole thing where the school cop, who they call Elvis, if I recall correctly, with those fucking mm-hmm. lamb chops that he has, he's chasing him through the halls and then ladies' room kicks in. They end up in the ladies' room. So there's a little bit of, you know, like Zeus said, product placement, but but I think it's done, as a Kiss fan, I think it's done creatively,
0: Murph. Okay, so first of all, I could relate to the hall monitor that looked like Wolverine because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know what? Bobby Brady was the hall monitor. He's just doing his job. <laughs> so, you know, don't don't hate him. Don't hate him. But can I ask a quick question? So, Absolutely. me being me being the geek I am, the tickets, the value, face value in 1978 stated yep. it was $35.50 for the ticket, which in Nineteen ninety nine was ninety dollars and seventy one cents. Would a seventeen year old really pay that value back in the day? Is that what the ticket said? Thirty-five said bucks. 50. Thirty-five Holy fifty.
1: Shit. See, that's why we have Murph on here to pick up details like that, because that sounds absurd for nineteen seventy eight. I I I I I don't I didn't see that, but wow.
0: Yeah. So would you? Seventeen yeah, year old I, Tommy, seventeen year old Zeus, ninety bucks?
1: Dude, 47-year-old Tommy is paying ridiculous amounts of money to see fucking Kiss. What do I care? Okay. Zeus. Yeah.
3: The only thing I, I, I mean, I was going to jump in. I just it, it just didn't play well. It didn't like the whole fucking janitor chasing him around. Just looks stupid. Um, American Pie, or was it not? Not another teen movie. I'm not sure which one did a bathroom scene kind of like that. There was a, a yep. little bit similar to that. Yep. Um, you know, and it, it was kind of funny, the girl in the bathroom dropping ass. I was wondering if Mr. Feces was going to show up in that in that bathroom stall and one of them see it. And uh, poor Chuck, the janitor, was going to have to come by and clean it up. But, you know, I get I get the, the premise. The premise is going to be they lost their tickets. And how do they get back to the yeah. concert? Yeah. Um. So I don't know.
1: Uh, so it, you it, so 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 you're a big fan of this movie clearly. It it sounds oh, like we it sounds like we're reviewing oh, Schindler's List. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ.
3: Buddy, I, the fact that I'm a Kiss fan was the only saving grace. This was I, I don't even want to get into it yet. Oh, All right. Just.
1: So so we'll kind of, we'll kind of blow through the we'll kind of blow through you know, No, no keep telling oh, keep no, no, saying no, no. where we are. Okay. Yeah. So so the, so the tickets get burned the Mom then decides she's going to take the kid to a priest and enroll him in some friggin boarding Christian boarding school or whatever. Then, of course, the friends try to they 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 think that they've won tickets for a radio contest. and what's the contest? Can you name the four band the four band members' original names? My real birth name has twenty four letters. They're jumping through. They're they're so excited. Holy shit, we got tickets! Now we just got to get to Detroit and go to the radio station and get the tickets. This is going to be great. First, they got to break their friend out of the friggin' Christian church. So of course, they play Jailbreak by Thin Lizzy. They get there. They they order one of his friends acts as a pizza delivery guy and puts fucking shrooms on it and gets the priest. high. Hello. You've reached Arnold's <laughs> pizza shop. I'm not here now. I'm out killing pepperoni. If you want to reach me, if you want the pizza, I don't care because I'm not here. <laughs> More stupidity. You can see the inspiration for this movie, whether or not the execution was what you want, but that's where we are there. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit before we get to what I think is the funniest scenes in the movie, Murph.
0: Yeah, that was, I would say, I would say that was the, the weak part of the movie. I think yeah. my review on this is surprisingly going to be different than Zeus's on it. But with the the characters, I, I think they, they had to do what they had to do to develop who they were going to be throughout the movie. Um, I I could relate to Jam. I think uh, there's a lot of me and Jam, the sympathetic guy who's got some pretty memorable, sensitive Mister. Sensitive Ponytail type comments and <laughs> lines in the movie. Yes, yes. Uh, but yeah, it was like, all right, let's get through this scene. We ha- we realize what's going to have to happen. That that 10-15 minute stretch was probably the the weak part of the movie. Yeah, Zeus.
3: <laughs> I'm trying to remember <laughs> how they got to that part. The just whole scene with the guy. First of all, that priest is the priest from. Happy Gilmore, the one that was heckling Happy Gilmore. Yep, and he's also got the greatest scene in Freaks and Geeks when he—he's the dad. Yeah, he's the the one when they play that uh, uh, squeeze box from The Who, and he's like, (laughs) "Wait a minute, this is dirty." I fucking (laughs) love that scene, and he's listening to his wife. He's like, "This is filthy."
0: Yeah. I like the band. Mama's got a squeeze box
3: she wears on her chest. When what? Daddy what you saying, squeeze me, box? But gets no rest. No,
2: I... Is it just me or does that sound night? filthy?
0: Honey. And the <laughs> I think it's right? about an accordion.
2: Mama's got a squeeze box and it never and out and in and out in the instrument that is not about an accordion that is in and out yeah the in and out in and out in and off is what it's going
3: i just think that's great I um should, but i just thought that whole episode of the shrooms with the priest it was just it's so ridiculous dude she yanks him out of school and that same day she's at a uh, at a like, you know catholic school and drop it. it just
1: you are applying way too much logic to a I, stupid movie
3: i know it's it just like it's just i don't know i i i guess it, like there are other movies that teen movies that i love all the way through and you know the favorite of ours oh, is yeah. obviously revenge yeah. of the nerds i can deal with stuff but this is just I, I don't know i just felt there was like a whole scene that and the priest was acting you know, and the nurse and the 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 fucking the nun. Uh, nun was the nun was in there, and he was saying shit to the nun, Seuss, and then he just gotta grab remember, him and get him out. Oh,
0: Zeus, the guy that wrote "Burn, Bitch, Burn" was the co-producer of this movie. Oh, you gotta oh, accept man. these limitations.
1: You know, this is perfect. That's why the three of us are doing this together. So, all right, so let's move to what I think is one of the funniest scenes.
2: We got a little scene going over here. A
1: few
3: people laying around the house and shit.
1: And I'll give Gene a little credit for a little. You know, self, uh, self-deprecating self humor here So we move to the road trip scene They're, they're all broken out and they're all heading towards uh, towards Detroit, Kobo yep. They're in their car, they're doing whatever And then of course they bump into the disco guys in the Trans Am And I gotta tell you, look, I-, I think this scene is hilarious Now what we haven't talked about at all yet is the dialogue in this movie The dialogue in this movie is very late 90s. What I mean by that is you probably would not see this same movie written and produced today the way it is, especially this scene with some of the terms. Now, I know it's supposed to take place in 78. That's how people talked in 1978. So you're flipping from car to car. You get the full burnout kiss fan friends in one car. You got the disco guys with their girlfriends in the other car, and they are just jamming it up to just horrible disco music. I mean, it's just whatever you want to call it. Making um, it. What's that, Murph? It was
0: making it.
2: I'm making it. Oh man, I got the
0: cheese pizza. <laughs>
2: it. No more, no more.
0: Yeah. That was the yeah, song.
1: I know. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> so then, of course, one of the guys throws a fucking slice of pizza out the window, gets on the windshield, the cars crash, whatever, whatever. They, they get into it. Then it's a battle between KISS fans and Disco fans. Murph, what happens after that?
0: The KISS army wins. Disco, much to my chagrin, they they, they fought the good fight, but you can't stop KISS. And ultimately, the, the scene goes as you would expect. When the KISS army wins, the Disco guys, uh, we'll leave it at that, are not silly, 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 not sense, senseless, and then dressed up as Gene and Paul and left to the side of the road, and they're sobbing because their '70s girlfriends with all their makeup, the the Revlon reference, which was great. That's what they used to to, to dress them up, and uh, yeah, it was a very expected scene, and uh, then we were on our way to Cobo Hall after that.
1: Zeus, would you think of the disco scene with the guys in the Trans Am?
3: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I liked it. I just, I, I I don't know. Again, I just the 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 kids like you know. There's too much of, to, to me. I felt it was a little unbelievable. They're gonna let those two guys, the other three guys, are just gonna let their friend get, get like pizza shit in out, his face. Yeah. yeah, exactly. None of them stand up to him uh, for him, and then all of a sudden he kicks one guy in the nuts. And then the other guys just standing with the same three guys, they could have jumped on that guy before, and also now that guy's like all scared of them. Like ah, whatever. I like that they painted their faces and tied them up. And obviously, the transam And you know, it's just like you kind of you automatically are pushed in a position to hate these guys in disco. And then uh, I'm not sure if it was right before that scene. No, or right after. No, it was right afterwards. Yeah. The the they put in the part where the girl will say, Maybe Kiss will do a disco song. You know, yep. wink wink.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I thought that was I thought that was good where the girl gets in the car and, of course, her name's Christine, you know, so they have to throw that in there. And she's she's like, Disco's so cool. I wouldn't be surprised if Kiss does a disco song someday. And they're like, man, no way. Disco's fucking whack. Whatever the hell they say, you know. So I thought that was a little clever that Gene had to say. Paul would fucking never allow something. You could tell Paul had nothing to do with this movie because he would never put that in there. So, Gene, you know, I know he didn't write it, but being produced, you know, producing it and, you know, having a little, like I said, self-deprecating humor. I thought that was clever. But Zeus apparently has a very hard time suspending
3: disbelief (laughs) for a stupid teen comedy. It can be done right, though, buddy. You know the movies we like. We like all this stuff. It's just this was just not well thought out, well acted. Or any of that stuff They're just not believable But okay. you know And the other okay. part to this is Maybe the fucking other reason is The the kid Trip Like Is that like Macho Man uh, Savage In the 70s? Yeah man Oh yeah Like what's that voice? Oh yeah
1: It's so, so aggravating I, I will tell you this And I agree with you a little bit I will tell you right now I thought Edward Furlong was pretty good because he has a little bit of credibility. I thought they could have done a much better. And I don't know uh, if Murph, if we're talking about the podcast, the rewatchables, if we did a casting recasting redos, I I don't know who would be better in this movie. I thought the friends, the other three guys were average at best. And I'm probably being kind to that. So I think casting probably had a lot to do with it because Trip looked like he was like 12 years old. The other guy that Zeus said with the, with the macho man savage too, and then and, and then the other kid,
3: I thought they were, eh, you know, I thought they were meh, Murph. I Maybe Fred to- was the macho man guy. Yeah, he was. Oh, he I'm was. sorry.
1: I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. right. I'm thinking of Jam. 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 Jam's the one who looks like he's that's
3: the only. Kid. The only now I've seen Edward Furlong in movies. Yeah, the guy that played the kids Christian Jam, the son Jam. Yep. I felt like he was the only one who was a decent actor and only looked like these. De- I felt like the other
0: one just yeah. So do you remember the the, the kid Jam was in? Um, he was in a movie a couple of years earlier with um, Tim Allen. Okay, so the Jungle person- to Jungle. It was like one of those like so. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. actor, yep. but yep. yeah, I mean, talking about how. American Pie just came out a month earlier. Jason Biggs would have been great in one of those roles. Yeah, oh no,
3: you're right. But I think I think that. Go ahead, Zeus. I was just saying, you know the difference in this and like American Pie. American Pie let you meet the characters and introduce each one of them. The movie is an hour and a half. They should have spent something getting to know each one of these kids and make you kind of get into them and see them. Like I think Edward Furlong is the main character of this movie. But you don't know nothing about him up until he's all he wants to do is go see Kiss. That's all you know about these guys.
1: Yeah. All no, you right. want to do is you're go see. Kiss. You're right. the,
3: you know the, nothing the, about them. Who's the shy guy? Who's the nice guy? Who's the snap? What their background is? And you don't need to know everything, but you got to see that stuff in Dazed and Confused. You got to see that stuff in American Pie. This one is just, they quickly hurried this stuff through, you know, and you didn't get to. Know these guys or like them other but than they I like them because they're Kiss fans. You but gotta if want, you just go ahead.
0: Yeah, you gotta wonder if they were hoping that they were gonna catch lightning in the bottle like they did with Days and Fuse That oh, these are four well, other than Edward Furlong, these are relative unknowns, so maybe this is gonna be the springboard for one of them. And then they'll look back 20 years going, Oh, you remember how James DeBello at his trip was kind of like uh, the, the Ben Affleck character. In Days Confused, and basically, nothing right? Right,
1: uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think Gene was looking. Uh, look, they spent like I think 17 million dollars on this movie, okay? You, for 17 million dollars in 1999, you're gonna get nobody, and they got nobody, so you, but you're right, maybe better characters. I mean, there's a reason American Pie was so successful. First of all, the movies were well written, well acted, and they had great characters. Funny characters, and you're right, they had a little bit of background. The only one that you, you really know anything about is Jam, and that's uh-huh. because they use his his mom as a springboard to kind of the plot of the movie. But you're right, you don't know anything about the three kids other than their friends and their kiss fans. I don't know if that matters or not. Zeus, it sounds like you would have liked a little bit more from them, uh, you know. Okay, that's fine, I get that.
3: Yeah, it's just it didn't make sense in a lot of their predicaments, especially when you split them up.
2: We're gonna get to that, we'll get to that part, but yep, yep. I'm just
3: saying, like. You don't know anything about them or why you would like them or why you wouldn't like them. Yeah. I think someone came up with, here's a good plot of a movie. Four kids. Picture this. Picture it. Sicily, 1922. Yep. 1978. Four Kiss fans. Discos up. They wanted, They have tickets to see. And only us Kiss fans are say, Cobo Hall, yep. Detroit, you know. Get that part but like just say and they go Through all these adventures first they have to Hide in the bathroom or hear a girl taking a dump Pfft, Then they get fucking Break a guy out of a church okay that Sounds great then they get into fu- You know what I mean they, there's stuff in there The stories And it, it's just not Written well yep. those could have been Better dialogue it could have been Done funnier they could have been filmed funnier. There's a reason why whoever directed this movie hasn't done
0: shit since, I don't think. Well, the, the, uh, the kid Lex, his mom's with, based on the license plate, is a gynecologist. Does she look like Stifler's mom or does she look like B. Arthur? Give us some insight. Give us a little storyline there, you know? <laughs> uh,
3: that's not what I'm looking for. But, I, you know, anything would have been better just to build the story up. The writing would have been better if you knew these people and a little bit of their background. That's all
1: yeah so then so then we move from the disco scene they get to detroit they get to the radio station and then they find out that trip fucked up because he was so excited when he won the contest that he hung up before he could give his name to the dj so they were forced to give the tickets away while all that's going on there is a protest in the downtown right outside of cobo hall called Matmock. Mothers against the music of kiss. And who's heading the protest? Jam's mom. And Jam's mom doesn't know that Jam is going to be there. So then you turn into a whole scene where, again, she drags him to church. And his little crush named Beth, he ends up banging her in the (laughs) church confessional. You know? So this, for me, granted, the movie has not been great so far. For me, this is where the movie falls off a cliff. Because after this, This is Kissel. The four of them split up, and they get on an adventure to try to each get their own kiss ticket. I understand that, again, with Zusa with the writing, it was silly. 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 It was 90s comedy. The best scene out of all this, and I I would assume that you guys would agree, is when Edward Furlong tries to earn $100 at the strip joint by doing Amateur Night and ends up hooking up with who, Murph? The lovely Shannon Tweed. Oh yeah, and that's 1999 Shannon Tweed right there. Yep. Unbelievable. Yep. So that's that's so then each, each one has their own little scene, you know, Trip is at the convenience store doing his thing. The other kid, I can't even remember his name, he gets caught up with the road crew. Um, you know, Jam is doing is doing his thing. This this whole back and forth just goes on for way too long. It kept it kept going from one character to the next, to the next, and then it kept circling around and circling around. I understand what they were trying to do. It was, it was executed pretty poorly on my part. I think it went on too long, um, Murph.
0: Uh, so at one part, uh, point during the movie, when Edward Furlong is trying to buy the ticket off the scalper, yeah. I, I paused it and it pulled up his name who I, I don't have written down here. I'm like, he looks familiar. For a very quick second, I actually thought it was Gene Simmons sung but then I realized it was too long ago. So oh, the yeah. name comes up and I look up and the guy died of an overdose in two thousand nine. I'm like, okay, buzzkill. So oh, shit. Moved wow. on to the moved on to the next scene. I'm like, let me just get to when Ron Jeremy shows up. Yeah. <laughs> Zeus.
3: Yeah. So a couple things pop up to mind. Again, it's just she grabs him and immediately goes to a church at that time of night. Happens to be one open, and the priest is there. The guy th- sounds like they the, he's going to do a confession with the priest, and the priest seems like he's a horny bastard and wants to hear sex stories. And he's annoyed that the kid doesn't have any stories. Think about how much better that could have been written. Yep. Like, better acted, better pausing, something like, you know, I, I look at that scene as something that could have been done so hilariously uh, written, and it just... You know it just wasn't and then who's the other guy uh, trip yep so in order in his a little adventure he's gonna go beat up and rob kids of their tickets Is that something like I'm rooting for? Is that somebody I like dude you shouldn't be going around fucking stealing little kids as the protagonist in a fucking story beating up little kids and taking their kiss stuff dude, I don't like you you sound like a fucking dick. And then you know the character he tries to take it from a little kid, and this guy brings his big brother's a huge monster. They couldn't come up with anything more, more believable than his name is Chongo. Oh, Chongo! <laughs> I mean, come on! Oh, Chongo! Yeah, I mean, come on! It's I just so I- stupid. I
1: I agree, I agree with you that at first glance, you know, beating up a little kid, but they try to flip that plot on its head by having a little kid be a shit and his brother being a big bully asshole. I get it. I think, like I said, I think Edward Furlong's little adventure is probably the funniest and maybe most entertaining. Go ahead, Zeus.
3: Yeah. So, and then you got the one kid getting chased by kiss roadies. I was wondering if there, I was looking to see if I'd see any famous kind of impression of roadies that we would know. Yeah. that yep. was there right and see if they were going to put them in and be like historically accurate yep. um you know and then i i was trying to figure out so he tries to save rescue the girl um that gets tied up in the car of his car that got stolen was the guy the yep. freaking janitor
0: no the the two guys that were yeah one them? of them was he the elvis janitor so one of them was Henry Hill's little brother from Goodfellas. Yeah, also, yeah, yeah. also the jerk boyfriend in Super And then the other one was the guy from The Sopranos. Yep. Who was yeah. uh, Steve Sharippa,
3: Bobby Bacala. Yeah, Steve, okay. Sch- right, right. Yep. Junior, why you yep. have to be so mean to me? Yeah, that was Bobby Bacala. Yeah. Um And yeah, before and way before. <laughs> it's like an ad for a fucking weight loss center. Before. And way before this guy ever breaking balls. Yeah, that was that, that. was a bad scene with the girl being tied up in the garage. One more. And then you have, you're right, fucking, he did a great job of the whole um, getting on stage and then just like everyone waiting and then he just throws up yep. in a fucking pitcher, And then he's like, here you go. And he puts it back and the guy's looking at it like, what the fuck? Like, that was well done and funny. Now, I don't care that it's beyond ridiculously um, unbelievable that gorgeous Shannon Tweed is just hanging out at the bar there by herself and nobody else is hitting on her and she's hitting on this little shit. Come on. And so the other part to me that I get that I I find it unbelievable because you try to put yourself, what would you be doing this stuff? He hooks up with her. The other guy hooks up with the girl in the, confessional okay, okay, the, okay. obviously we, we, we i'm skipping a little head that the guy uh trip rescues the, um, the breaks up the uh armed robbery yeah and then the and the cute little host makes out with him yep they're all doing this does fucking little greasy edward furlong get so much fucking pussy that he leaves shannon Tweed in the car and he's not like Dude, what is your fucking number? I'm going to come here every day and try to fuck you. Like they're because like, oh I'll, yeah, see you later. I just bang Shannon Tweed in her prime. They're because all like, oh, thanks for all the time.
1: All he's thinking She'll of is all he's thinking of is he's got to get into Cobo Hall for the Kiss show. But before we move on, Murph, I'll let you jump in. Hold on. We forgot two huge things about the strip joint scene. A okay. A, who's the MC of the event, the legendary Ron Jeremy. Oh, Murph brought it up. Yeah, but you're oh, right. I'm sorry yeah. if I missed that. Yeah. My, my mistake. My mistake. And another thing I have a huge problem with, I understand that you want to stick to the script and the record that they gave Ron Jeremy was the debut album. Oh. <laughs> so they're going to play Strutter. How are you not playing Disco Strutter from Double Platinum in this
3: movie? Why did you not give them Double Platinum and play Disco Strutter 78? That's what they should have done. Because they don't want to be seen as Disco.
0: Well, not... actually, if it's maybe, a strip maybe, club, maybe... Go should say... have, they should have played Love Theme from Kiss for a strip song.
1: No, that's too slow. do Oh, now I know what Murph does in his spare time.
0: Yeah, yeah but let's face it. Shannon looking phenomenal. Of course. She oh God. Mr. Furlong puke on stage. Hey, let me take that guy who hasn't brushed his teeth or had a mint. <laughs> let me take him out back. Eric, your
1: breasts may... And then, and then let me touch my. Then let me let me touch his dick with my foot <laughs> and have him like, like, drop a load. Right. I mean, but again, look, like like I said, you got to suspend disbelief for me at least. It's it, it. The movie is what it is. It's it's just it. It's silliness.
0: Silly, silly, Um well, but- Actually, and in that scene where he's going up to the stage and he gets sick with the Casey and the Sunshine Band, it, they. I really think the highlight from the movie was just. The soundtrack and what they played on here. And I know you probably get into it later, but it was we'll, we'll,
1: we'll, yep, we're, gonna, we're, we're gonna cover that. Um one other so, thing, Tommy,
0: too. I
3: thought the best actor in the whole fucking movie was Ron Jeremy. He was the yeah. only one that had natural fucking humor. and was kind of funny when he was doing whatever lines he was reading up there and the way he acted. I thought he did a great job. I thought he was the best actor on that in that whole fucking movie.
0: I actually like the part when um, they were arguing about the the girl they left in the car and they were giving Jam a hard time about being a nice, nice guy. He goes, sometimes being tough means being tender. <laughs> no. Tom, Come no, on. All right. I'll see you guys later. Oh, and Bye. One other thing. One other thing.
3: Do you, I, and this is what I started watching for this. When the guy... Tries uh Edward Furlong's character tries to get the tickets. The scalper's yep. like, "Oh, your chance to see Gene, your chance to see Paul." And I'm yep. like, "Are we already on this?" And so if I'm, I can totally picture Peter being like, "They didn't fucking mention my fucking name." And Ace it's being true. like, "What? Where are we?" Like, right? It's true, and it's and it's funny
1: because this came out. They were riding the wave of the reunion tour. So why would they? And and we'll we'll get to it. But Ace and Peter are in the movie. So you, you, why would you not say, oh, you get to see Gene
3: and Paul and Peter and Ace? They don't, it's, uh, that was weird. But, but in the, in the, also in the, the convenience store, I did hear them say, and this is shocked me. Yeah, Ace I really. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That, that was good call Zeus. Good call. That was an interesting little tidbit that they threw. That was good. So then we get to, we kind of, we're getting ready to wrap up the movie. All four friends get together. They kind of meet like on a street corner and they realize Nothing happened. They were shit out of luck. So they come up with the single stupidest fucking idea in the history of ideas. Let's beat the shit out of each other and tell the ticket guy that we got mugged and our tickets were stolen.
0: All, yes. wh- all while they're going with the dramatic part of Ofertana. Yeah. pop music playing in the background.
1: Nice call, right there. Yes. Yep, yep. Zeus, Zeus, how stupid. Please tell me you agree. You've been saying this whole movie is stupid. Please tell me you think this scene is stupid. Maybe they're stupid. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, they should have had, I feel like they came up with at the end, like they had written kind of the story and the plot, and then they're like, oh, fuck. So how would they eventually get in? I don't know. Um, what do you got? Uh, I don't know. How about they beat each other? Like they ran out of ideas and didn't think this thing through and just threw it out there. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous.
2: This is ridiculous. The
1: one the 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 only writing credit I'll give to this little this little section is that they tie it up by tripsies the kid and his brother and tells the tells the ticket guys, "Hey, those guys they 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 robbed me. They robbed me." Come to find out they have his wallet, so the ticket guys believe him. They get the four tickets. And then it it is it is like it's it's cheesy cinematic drama, but they're all standing there. Everything goes into slow motion. And the movie, they're trying to convey that excitement of like, holy shit, we're going to see Kiss. You know, they show the the ticket guy kind of waving them in. and They get into the arena. I thought that was – I thought it was – I thought they did the best they could to try to convey that energy and that excitement of a kid going into see Kiss. Murph. Yeah.
0: I actually – with him with the hand w- waving them in reminded me of when uh Rose died in Titanic and was going to heaven and then <laughs> What the fuck is wrong? Saw young Jack once again. Oh
3: god. Zeus. The the part now when they're in the movie theater and the movie theater the Cobo Hall now oh, I got. Yeah. It. Um I I just thought I think I, you know what? I'm going to save my comment because it's going to be one okay. of my other things I'm going to bitch about. Go ahead. Keep going. So, so they get in there and then
1: finally you see kiss um, you know, it's 78, so it's the Alive 2 stage setup. The the band looks fucking great.
2: Oh, fucking great.
1: They open up with Detroit Rock. So t- I don't know what it is. I know I'm a Gene guy. Gene looked fucking unbelievable. Like, uh, he, he, he really looked like, he looked like young. Um, I thought the band all looked great. They were kind of, like I said, they were riding the wave of the reunion tour.
3: He was riding dirty.
1: Um, and, and, and they did the fan service. You know, they did. You know the 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 spit and the blood. You know everything was ill timed. It had nothing to do with anything because it was yeah, working.
3: all in the first song. Right, right, right. They did the, they
1: did the <laughs> spit they, they, blood, they, the fire, the fire, the dramatic slow motion of Ace with the smoking guitar. Um, you know, Peter throws his drumstick. Of course, Jam catches it. Murph, Paul with the panties on his fingers, and then oh, like his fingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they did that thing where they put the camera inside. So it looked like you were inside Gene's mouth with the tongue wagging. If you give me this job, can I put a camera in the lady toilet, please? Um, you know, look, they did the best. They they were trying to make it like exciting. And and from the viewpoint of a teenager going to a kiss concert, you know, I know I've been yelling at Zeus about suspending disbelief, but you open with Detroit Rock City and end. And thank you. Good night. Like good night. Good night, suck my dick. Bye bye. Like you, you just like played like one song. Like you didn't even try to make it like it was like a concert. And I get it, it's a movie.
0: And that movie ends right there, which that's was it? <laughs> that was that was a bit of a disappointment. You didn't see them driving back the next day or walking out after the concert. It just ends, which I actually have a better view of this movie than I think. Clearly, Zeus. I don't know about you, Tommy, but that's where when it just suddenly came to a stop. That's where I was a little aggravated that they didn't have a post-concert scene or them walking out with the confetti. Hey, I got confetti because um, they were see, using me, that back in 99 or technically 78 as well.
1: See, to me, I have this argument with my wife all the time when we watch movies. She's like, the movie just ended. I'm like, yeah, what more do you want? That's the, the point of this movie
3: was for them to get to the Kiss show. So they got to it and it just ended. I understand uh, what you're saying. Like, ah, you, thank you. You, you go just ahead. proved my whole point. Go ahead. This whole movie is an instrument to show kiss. It's, oh, not, about, it's not about the kids. You know me. <laughs> Anything for the kids. You're not, you're not meant to like the kids. You could give a shit about them. Of course. It's all about showing the greatness of kiss. Well, if you're not a big kiss fan, you're not going to want to see this movie or you're never going to try this movie. So if the end is like, oh, they got to see kiss, and kiss does all these wonderful things. Why did I care about these kids? Remember American Pie after those movies? At the end of the movie, they would always do a clip where, I don't know if it was usually, like, I think Jim would be in his room doing some oven stupid, yep, and his yep. dad would catch him or something stupid like that, and they'd show yep. you clip. I clip. Uh, I bought some magazines. Because you want to know about these characters. You want to see what's going on and how they're doing. This is nothing to do with them. They don't give a shit. It's so, and I'm a Kiss fan. This was so, like all to do with kiss, nothing to do with these characters. I didn't ask you what characters you had. I didn't ask you to go into all that. So the movie or the plot. So when they just like even, I didn't remember it. I was like, shit, it's over? They're not showing other clips of them in their rooms or what would life be like driving back home in the Volvo and explaining that? They could have had some funny scenes without shit. Nothing. Just yep, you made it to you made it to see Kiss. So nothing else is important so let's just end the movie there all right I see where you're coming from but the flip side to that the way I look at it is that's
1: exactly what it is it was like an, it was a teen like it was like an adventure movie where they start here and your fault fo- the, the you're well, you're watching four kids try to get to a kiss concert and follow their wacky stupid poorly written adventure along the way and the goal is the kiss show I, I understand what you're saying but Look, the way I look at this movie is, it is what it is. It it it, it it's, it's like a, you know, it's like a candy bar or something. Like it, it it's it's not meant to give you nutrients
3: or fill you up. It's meant to kind of give you a little rush of something for a few minutes, and then it's going to be forgotten. Yeah, it's a TV sitcom trying to made into a movie of okay. an episode of the seven of that 70s show where they try to see kiss, and that could have been done better, faster, and easier. Okay, so Zeus, why don't you take it from here? So we've get, we've made it to the end of the movie. Kind of wrap up your
1: thoughts. We kind of know where you stand, but tell us about like Here's your general, okay. your thoughts, and, and yeah. may,
3: may, maybe what could have been done better in your opinion. Um, could this movie have been saved in any way? So the other thing is, I forgot to mention. Boy, fucking, there was Fat Ace was on the stage. Yeah, they were looking good. Ace, I've never seen Ace look that fat. Maybe He's it was the, the l- camera. He did look a little puffy. <laughs> Yep. Here's a a very major plot line that I had an issue with. These kids had seen Kiss two years in a row. This is their third time seeing Kiss.
0: No, no, they had not seen them the last two times. They
3: missed missed it. Oh, thank God. Then that's it. Because I'm like, dude, if they've seen them two other times and this is the third time seeing them in a row, what's the big fucking deal?
1: No, they've missed them the last.
0: Yeah, but to your point, Zeus. If that was the case, you know, since they had not seen them the previous two years to get back to the realistic expectations, those kids should have gone after Jam's mom and say, he doesn't have to go, but we're going like just letting her burn those tickets. I was like, no, they would have been over the top on that one.
1: Excellent. Real quick, Zeus, I'm going to give you the mic back in a second, but we forgot to bring that up. The the fact that the three of them watched her burn the tickets, fuck that. That would not have no, but that, I think that was a little uh, bit. How ridiculous. about
3: this? How about how realistic? Well, she was there and she wouldn't let me. We'll just come back after class, dude. Come on, that's the shit that yeah. pisses me off. You're gonna wait till she leaves the fucking room and then you grab your tickets. Or you say you say, hey, I need to change or something. Mom, can you step out a second? Give me right. a fucking break. They just, it just it wasn't believable. What could they have done? They could have written this better. They could have developed the characters better. It could have made you root for them a little more. And it could have been, you know, I, I see the point. I see how they could have came up with a story and somebody in Gene could have pitched it, but he didn't put it in the right person's hand to take this movie and make it. Whoever did the American Pie movies, whoever, uh, was it the Link Letter guy that did uh, Days to Excuse? Yep. If yep. you put this movie and that thought and that plot into, um, you know, this movie, you put those guys in there. They could have made a hell of a movie. The, the story makes sense. These kids trying to get to a kiss concert. And you have the 70s as a background. Kiss is still around. They could play themselves in the movie. Days and Confused did that with Kiss in the van. And, you know, it, they, they did a great job of giving you that nostalgic feeling. There was some great comedy bits that could have been done better. It wasn't written well. It wasn't acted well. And, you know, it, it gets back to I don't think Gene gave a fuck. It was all about people to go see Kiss touring now by showing what they were missing then and how these kids should feel. And so you people with nostalgic feelings should you have your chance to see them now do this stuff. So why don't you come see it, see this movie, what those kids are feeling and go get that dream right now. It's there. You can go see them. Nine ninety nine. Ticketmaster.
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean, it, w- it was a vehicle for the band. Obviously, that's all it was. But that being said, I will say, I, I, I did a, I think I did a better job than Zeus suspending my disbelief and taking the stupidness, the stupidity and silliness. And I've, I found myself, I, I I'm going to admit right now, I enjoyed it. Because I enjoy ridiculously stupid comedies, and I know Zeus does too. This is not a well written one, but I enjoy the nostalgia aspect. I enjoy the inside jokes. As a Kiss fan, I'm like, you know what? Fuck you. This is this movie's made for me. I'm a Kiss fan. I'm enjoying this. You're not a Kiss fan. You don't get it. You don't like it. This is. I I took it like personally. Gene made this movie for somebody like me to enjoy. And I found myself enjoying it because it was kiss centric. The movie was never going to make any money being a kiss centric movie. If they took this plot line and spun it and turned it into either a generic band or a different band or something. But a movie about kids going to a kiss concert is never going to make money. It's just never going to happen. But for what it is, I, I I enjoyed it because I'm like, shit, that would have been cool to be a teenager in 78. Obviously, the execution of it in certain aspects of it was very poorly done uh that last half where they all go on their separate adventures like i said was much too long and and could have been done a a different way um but you know it is what it is i mean i i own the dvd i don't know if i'll ever watch it again it's fun it's a it's a you know a, a brainless comedy um and it's got some kiss stuff in it so i mean you know i take it for what it is it's i i I was not bored fully, I guess there was sections where I was like, all right, move it along. But I was a little bit entertained. And again, it's because it's, it's, it's kiss Murph.
0: I was shocked at how much I enjoyed it. Yeah. I was going in dreading it. And as poorly written as some scenes are, I mean, we were talking about the end as much as we'd like to see them driving home. And the, you know, will goodwill hunting. I got to go see a girl type oh, yeah. ending where they're just driving back afterwards. I had to go see about a girl. Well, yep. Um I think 47-year-old me was much more nostalgic watching that than 26-year-old me Absolutely. because I have a greater appreciation for that period, that music, you know, all those bands. I mean, we watched it in real time and it just it didn't grab me the way it did here for the 2.99 I spent. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Was it perfect? Far from it, but I have no regrets about watching it and overall I was I was Thoroughly entertained. I didn't learn anything more about Kiss. I don't like Kiss anymore. I just had ninety minutes where I was distracted, and I had a few chuckles. And am I gonna get a little chuckle or giggle or something? Hatch and Tweed. There All you right. go. Cool.
1: All right, let's get it. Let's move on. Let's get into some fun facts here. So we got, some, we got some interesting factoids about this movie here. So Kiss reenacted the concert for the movie, obviously. They had 3,000 extras to act as fans, and they staged the entire concert for the film. This was interesting because Zeus was talking about you know plot development, character development, writing, etc. The original cut for this movie was over three
3: hours long. So they edited it down to 90 minutes. Yeah, that probably solved... There you go. Whoever edited this movie did a fucking
1: terrible job then. Exactly. Exactly. Um, a lot of the memorabilia in the film is from Gene Simmons Mm -hmm. private collection. Um, this is an interesting, and that scene when they're in downtown, um, Detroit, that Matt mock protest thing, Paul Stanley's ex wife, Pamela was one of the, was, was one of the protests. Um, they say the word fuck about 83 times in the movie. Um, the stunt in which Trip gets punched by Chungo was a pretty well-rehearsed scene. You know, they did some effects. That part where he gets kind of flung back into the brick wall. Um, the permit for the original church that they used got pulled. They had to find a different one. So the church where they were going to use, um, when, once the church found out they were going to use it to, for a sex scene, um, <laughs> they said that they weren't about to allow that in their place of worship. So they had to change the venue. Do you blame the, them? The vomiting scene started making everybody on set nauseous, even though obviously it was completely fake. It was like a hose attached to Edward Furlong with the shit just pouring out. Um, it took three days to shoot the scene inside the confessional booth because they said the confessional booth, um, how, how small that one was, it took them a long time to film it. And of course, the film takes place in 1978. All the fashions, you know, disco was still kicking ass and all that Um so a little bit of factoids there. Zeus, Murph, anything else? Uh, any other interesting tidbits you found out, or anything you want to add?
0: I clearly identified who Paul's ex-wife because when you see those moms, there is one out there that clearly does not fit the profile for yep. that demographic. And then actually, when they came out of the uh, radio station right after they found out they didn't have the tickets, I think there may have been a faux pop because it looked like there was somebody that was in a puma 1990s tracksuit walking by that oh, clearly didn't okay fit. yeah that didn't okay. fit, the, I, uh, fit the profile
1: i missed that zeus any other little factoids or tidbits or things you wanted to talk about before No, we kinda... the
3: only other thing i would probably hit on and we, we'll get to that to the next segment would be the soundtrack yeah go ahead stop that we we're going to jump into that go ahead no, a lot of great songs from the 70s on there the first thing that comes to mind is i'm like ever clear Doing the boys are back in town. It was
1: 99, so yeah. Yeah,
3: right? They, they wanted to build you a garden. Um, <laughs> and, you know, they, they've got, you know, I'm looking at this soundtrack now. Um, it's a good mix of, yeah, it's weird because the, the, the the soundtrack is all classic rock,
1: but half of it is performed by the original artists and half of it is performed by nineties alternative and metal bands. I'll tell you right now, you got Pantera doing a version of cat scratch fever. And I know the Ted Nugent version is beloved, but the Pantera version is fucking awesome. And as good as that version is, if you want to hear a disaster of a cover, (laughs) listen to the Marilyn Manson version of highway to hell. Oh my God it is a travesty
3: yeah that's uh, uh that's not what you would call good music
0: no actually one of the the hidden gems that i liked was the uh the runaways school days yep and and another
1: another hidden gen is the donnas that old chick rock band they do a version yep. of strutter that's actually really really good yep. you got da- you got david bowie cheap trick thin lizzy kiss doing shout it out loud in detroit rock city um you got van halen running with the devil but then Zeus, what's the last song on the soundtrack?
3: Oh, because it needed to be there. Nothing can keep me from you. Um, no different than the Aerosmith song that was on Armageddon, oh. uh, written by Diane Warren. And even in Peter's book back then, it, he was right in his book, he makes a point to say. We're doing this movie. We're doing all this stuff. You're going to put a kick-ass song in there. And then they put this ballad out. It just didn't fit.
1: Literally one of the worst Kiss songs. And what a what an unbelievable disappointment for them to make an album, put some original Kiss songs on it, and release, release a new track and have it be that. But you're right. It's straight out of the Armageddon. Our Aerosmith. I don't want to miss a thing. Uh, it's it's just bad. Uh, but the soundtrack the soundtrack's cool. Like I said, it's got a mix of original artists and '90s bands. Um, if you don't have it, I, I I I mean, I own it. I have the CD and I have it on my phone downloaded. Um, it's a pretty cool soundtrack. Like I said, for me, the the pick of the soundtrack is Pantera's version of Cat Scratch Fever. Murph, anything to add on the soundtrack?
0: No, actually, the one thing that jumped out just the I I thoroughly enjoyed the music it, it you know even the we make light of the disco um, you know I, I grew up with disco being played in the house so the casey and the sunshine band and making it but um what jumped out at me just because we saw them in february was hearing van halen play and then thinking about David Lee Roth opening up for them in 2020. So that, that just, that, that just made a lasting impression.
1: Cool. Nice. Um, anything else to add on Detroit rock city? Apparently we kind of have three different things. Zeus, uh, will is, is in the middle of asking for a refund on his rental. Um, Um,
3: actually Tom, after I ranked it, I guess I've never done that on Verizon. I got a thing. Thank you for choosing your one free movie because I would have (laughs) said, Perfect. (laughs) 2 99 was the worst money I've spent in a long time. And I'm Perfect. being generous, and I can only imagine if Kiss had nothing to do with this movie, how much I would hate it. was it's, it's just a bad movie. And okay. it had some good parts because of Kiss, um, but obviously not a fan. But if cool. you guys are, all the better. Murph, anything, any final thoughts before we
1: move on to questions?
0: Yeah, I, I actually I, I enjoyed it. It was worth the purchase, but uh, to, to Zeus's reference, um when we were looking for a free version online there was a oh. french version and i was i was I, I did think for about 30 seconds can i do a review on this by watching them speak en francais so uh, i am glad i made the purchase but uh, i will not be watching it again but i am uh, i enjoyed my 90 to 95 minutes
1: Quick question, Murph: Did you watch this alone, or did you watch it with any of your uh, college-age children, or your significant other, or did you watch it alone?
0: I almost was watching it like it was watching porn when they came in. I'm like, "What do you want?" <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, all right. So that is Detroit Rock City. You're gonna you got three different recommendations, and me and Murph are kind of on the same page. Uh, Zeus gives it a. Very very strong Thumbs down but, but uh, I
3: would tell you If you're a Kiss fan go watch it once absolutely. You'll probably not want to see it again Yeah, But yeah. go watch it once
1: Yep yep cool So we move on to questions. And when everybody knows, if you are not familiar with this, whenever we have Murph on, we have Murph ask us the question. So
0: fire away. uh, question regarding KISS concerts. I know we've talked about this in the past and you've made reference of shows you would like to see stateside with this show in 1978 being uh, played in Cobo hall in Detroit, two of their more, um, well-known performances are outside the United States. So if it was up to you, which show would you go see? The 1983 concert in Brazil or the 1980 concert in Australia that made such a lasting impression why, where they're now so famous in Australia?
1: Zeus, mm, that's a great question. That is a good one because those are two iconic Classic shows, event,
3: and we're not taking into account travel. Like shit, I gotta go to fucking Australia. No, nope. nope, right? we're not the, taking the, in a, what would be a better vacation. Um, we're just saying which concert would you rather Have been a part of? Fuck. Um, this should be. Easy I would to say. I would say no. I would probably say Australia. Probably wow. because Australia would have the. That's why I got the Australia bootleg CD. Would have the most unique songs to be heard. At a Kiss concert, three or four songs that they'll never play again. Maybe a couple off of uh, some of the solos, um, a couple off of Unmask, and a couple off of Dynasty. By Creatures and Vinny, probably driving everybody nuts in '83, they're hitting the usual which are, you know, the creatures in some of the hits. And also Vinny's destroying these songs. Um, and uh, I don't want to be surrounded by fucking 100,000 people and trying to use a porta party.
1: That, uh, that is unbelievable that you pretty much said my exact thoughts, but I'm shocked, Zeus, because that means you are going to watch them play Shandy live in concert. You, you are aware yeah, of oh, that. Uh, could, that could be a bat- bath and break. Okay. I would say the same thing. Um, 1980. I love that era. Um, Eric Carr, Ace. Ace is still with him. Um, Zeus kind of hit that he took the words right out of my mouth. The creatures of the night tour with Vinny would have been. A, I would have. Would I have liked to have seen it? Yeah, absolutely. But Vinnie was a mess. A hundred thousand people would have had a fucking panic attack. <laughs> and I think that I think those shows, if putting them up against each other for me, it's easily the eighty Australia show. But that's that's a good question because those are two iconic concerts that we're familiar with.
0: Imagine Zeus having the I Want You episode in Brazil in front of a hundred thousand people. <sighs>
3: Oh, god wow. new brazil Jeez. yeah ex- exactly
0: exactly all right i got one more question oh go go ahead um and i think i ar- already know what zeus's answer is going to be but um given the performance of edward furlong in this movie do you wish that the robert patrick t 1000 character actually killed him in terminator two? Oh come on that's mean um come with me if you want to live
3: I would say for his career, if he had died, his career probably would have been better and maybe more memora, uh, memorable than when he went on and did this awful movie. And I don't know what he's doing now, because uh, I don't think his career is doing any good right now. So for his sake, his career would have been legendary if he died after T2. So,
0: Tom, I, him
1: live. I, I I I think that's a little harsh. I mean, but yeah, but,
0: I, I, but then if he kills him, maybe the his friend in the arcade, which was Arnold Drummond's little stepbrother at the end of Different Strokes.
2: Now the world don't move to the beat of just one drum. What might be right for you may not be right for some. A man is born, he's a man of means. Then along come two, they got nothing but to cheat.
0: maybe he ends up becoming in the uh Detroit rock city sam yeah
1: i'm i'm looking here as we talk i'm looking at edward furlong's like wikipedia after this and you talk about irony he was in a documentary about ron jeremy <laughs> Um, but looking at it, I mean, because I was, I was wondering, I'm like, oh, American History X, he was fantastic in that, but that came out in 98. That came out before Detroit yeah. Rock City. Yeah. Um, yeah, his, his career didn't do great. I think he was, he was, he was a product of the nineties, um, for sure. I mean, he was in the new, um, well, actually, no, they just had a little bit of a bit of him in the new Terminator, but yeah. Uh, look, I thought he was probably the best out of them. Cause I thought the, I thought the other kids were pretty bad. Jam was funny. The other two kids were a little bit kind of eh, but, uh, no, nah, Edward Furlong did the best he could with what he had. The script was not great. So can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit. So there we go. Mer, uh, Zeus. Where can people find
3: us and reach us and all that good stuff? Uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. You can find us on iHeartRadio. Interact with us on social media. You've got uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You do. You do. YouTube. Um, Email us. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Give us one of those five star child reviews on iTunes on uh, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you can. We really appreciate it and helps us uh, a great deal. So we're very, very thankful for that. And, uh, and you know, if you interact with us generally, we will, we definitely read all your emails. So, that's a given, but we also like to read some of the good ones, uh, interactions with us, uh, online, um, on our episodes as well.
1: Yep. And, uh, forgive me if Zeus already mentioned, the uh, Pantheon podcast network. I'm sorry. I did. Um, okay. Uh, so yeah, we're part of that great family of, uh, of podcasts and also our buddy Ed at click T shop. Um, check him out. ClickTShop.com. Awesome. Kiss inspired gear. Shout it out. loudcast gear. Um, always good stuff. So, yeah, again, we appreciate the interaction that we always get. Uh, you know, we love the fans. That's why we do this. And like Zeus said, you know, if you listen to us, you've probably seen this movie, check it out. Uh, you know, it's a two 99 rental. You probably get the DVD for five bucks. If you want to own it, uh, the DVD that I actually have, it actually has a bunch of special features, some background interviews, some behind the scenes as a kiss fan. You know, it's not a bad thing to add to your collection, but, um, you know, Detroit rock city is what it is. Check it out. Yeah, you just got and, something to say.
3: Yeah, no, I just wanted to add. So we did get some fun comments. And we usually like to read some feedback uh, from last week's episode. Um, And last week's episode was the Kiss Draft. So um, Twisted Kister, who <laughs> had some comments uh, this week about our bonus episode. Uh, solid episode. This would be a great topic for a Sunday night simulcast. Oh. Which, you know, by the time you hear this, we, um, we would have done. Last night, um, seeing the reactions of all you as you steal picks could be entertaining. Funny little foreshadowing there, not knowing that that's exactly what we did. Um, yeah. Xandin uh, always has something smart to say. Finally catching up, when will you play Exciter in the background of your Adam and Eve plugs? Exciter. <laughs> Hashtag not but. <laughs> wow jesus thanks Zandon. yeah um by the way darren who had won the um the joey casada book <laughs> uh wrote, writes come on guys it's a no-brainer baby spice was the hottest <laughs> that's true that was you that was right? me. Yep. Um, yeah and then they had some people um, You know put their Wild cards they put their list And we love when we do lists And that you guys give us your list And you publish them online on social media so little pieces of cheese, I think his name is anytime. His wild card is Psycho Circus, my favorite album. That is,
1: I don't, I, I, I don't want to believe that's truth. I don't want to believe that there's somebody on planet Earth whose favorite kiss album is Psycho Circus. I, I can't believe that.
3: Steve. The other guy that won um, wild card is Sonic Boom Oh, no, I like Sonic Boom, but that would never be a wild card Thank you Then, Zandon, Mr. I-have-opinions-everybody-else's-opinions Proudly writes that his wild card would have been Monster, Tom if it's possible to ban people from listening to our show how how can that how oh how because another gentleman that decided to put his on his name out here and it's probably Zandon's um burner account vincent marone author wildcard monster that's that's insane. Uh, that That's bizarre. But hey,
1: you know, Kiss fans are us. Uh, you know, they do what they want. I know people love Monster.
3: I don't get it. I never got it. But whatever. Guys, as far as this episode is concerned, please send us an email. Hit us on Twitter. Hit us on Facebook. Tell us what you think about this movie. A plus, C, uh, 1 through 10, a 5, a 10, you know, whatever you think. Let us know. We love getting feedback on it. And we'll certainly, any of the good ones, we'll definitely read them online. Um, anything else to add before we get to Famous Last Words, gentlemen? Nope. That's it. Perfect. Let's go. Murph, what do you got?
0: Zeus, as you were watching this movie, I had to think these, were, these words were coming into your head. I just can't pretend no more. I keep running out of lies. Oh, God. Loving you is killing me inside. Wow!
1: <laughs> you say you like to play. Well, it's too late for you to get away, and you've got to believe me when I say
3: that's it. <laughs> I didn't know if you were continuing. I didn't know that's what it. was going on. All right. Uh, when I was just a baby, Mama sat me on her knee. Oh God! She told me, "Boy." You listen There's a lot you ought to see A lot of pretty women Gonna try to tie you down You don't know what you're missing If you never fuck around I mean uh Look around not not one of my favorites on that
1: album, but that's okay. But it's 78 Paul. So gotta it's true. love it. Good point. Um, yep,
3: Murph, thank you. Tom, thank you. Kiss Army, thank you. Guys, thanks, thank guys. you. Th- thank you so much. Murph, thanks for joining us as
1: always. It was nice talking about our experiences with this fabulous movie. And like Zeus said, give us some feedback on it. Did you like it? Did you hate it? Favorite scenes? What could have been better? What you know, tell us. We want to know because this movie is uh it's, it's part of the Kiss fandom. So Thank you, everybody, and we'll see you soon.
0: Marv, you want to say goodbye to anybody? Nothing could have been finer than, than being on the episode 69er.
1: Oh, God almighty. Spent all night riding that one. Maybe. Peace out, Girl Scout. <laughs> we love you!